for those of you who have not been here, we've been looking at the book of Romans. This is probably our fifth message on the first chapter of Romans. And uh, we have said, as you can see, I've entitled it uh, Paul's Letter to the 21st Century. So most of you probably know that uh, the New Testament was written in the first century. So you might have a question, then how is, how is this relevant uh, for the 21st century? Well, that's pretty well a question we could ask about all the Bible. How is it relevant? Well, I would suggest to you that this morning you are going to see the relevance of Paul's letter to Romans like you have never seen it before. Let me begin by giving you an illustration. I see pictures in my mind. Pictures help me think, and so I want you to see a picture. I want you to see a picture of a, a, a passenger plane. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever flown before, but planes carry a lot of people. So let's say there are 200 people on board. They can carry more than that, but there are 200 passengers on board this plane. It's 35,000 feet high. It's flying at 500 miles an hour, and suddenly the right wing is ripped off. What's going to happen to that plane? That plane is coming down. Not only is it just going to fall out of the sky, but because of the, the circumstances, it's just going to spiral out of the sky. It's going to enter a death spiral, and it's on its way down. And in a matter of seconds, the crew, the passengers, all on board that plane are going to crash to the earth. It's in a death spiral. Well, as you have that picture in mind, what you see in the first chapter of the book of Romans is Paul introducing us to the death spiral of the soul. That catastrophic event that happens in the human soul when man rejects the revelation that God has given him, why it happens, and the evidence of that happening. Now, that's what we're going to see in these last verses of the book of Romans. We're going to begin in Romans chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 21 of that chapter, and eventually we're going to get to verse 32. Now what Paul has told us, what we saw last Sunday, is that he said since the creation of the world, since the world was made, the invisible things about God, his eternal power and has his divine nature have been clearly seen through the things that are made. Never can anybody say, I don't know about God because we said last week you can look at the world on a macro scale or micro scale and you see order and you recognize Hopefully, you'll recognize that there's a God. That's God announcing to you that there's a creator, there's a designer. But men reject that. And because they reject it, we come to verse 21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man, of birds, of four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. That's the way Paul begins to announce to us the death spiral of the soul. Now we said when we were talking about the plane flying at 35,000 feet that for some unknown reason the right wing was just ripped off. Well, let's just say we know the reason. Let's say that before the pilot took off there was a flight plan and, and in the flight plan he was warned of the fact that there were 
a mountain range that he was going to be passing by. And let's say because of the clouds or, or for some other reason, he couldn't see uh, the peaks of the mountain. And the plane, the, that right wing, clipped that mountain and was ripped off the plane. And for that reason, the plane is spinning out of control. Well, here in these verses, Paul gives us the reason for the death spiral of the soul. There was a flight plan for humanity. Uh, there were dangers outlined along the way. But what Paul is telling us is that people disregarded those warnings. They rejected the revelation. They took this glorious revelation of God that he had given men in creation and they ignored him. They pretended he didn't exist. They didn't honor him. They didn't thank him. They didn't worship him. They rejected that revelation and they exchanged it. And so Paul could look all around and say you have statues of, of things that look like men that you're calling God. You have statues of animals that you're calling God. You have idols that look like crawling creatures, and you're calling that God, and that shows your rejection of God. And the penalty of that rejection of God is this death spiral of the soul. We go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, uh, God warned them. He told them that if they rejected his warnings, they would die. Uh, of course, the devil told them different. He said, you surely won't die, and and as you know, they didn't die immediately, uh, but something happened inside them that changed everything. Their souls entered a death spiral from which they could not escape. And although God continued to speak to men from the beauty of his creation, one man after another rejected that revelation, one family after another, one uh, culture after another, one society after another, one nation after another, until they're all included in this death spiral of the soul. Now imagine, if you will, God holding the human soul akin to that which holds the plane in the sky. And then comes the rejection of God. We reject God. God's holding on to us. Next comes the penalty. Look at verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over. That literally just says God let them go. He let them go. God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Now what becomes immediately clear is this is not just a physical death spiral that we're talking about. In other words, people dying. They do die. But also this is evidenced by a spiritual death spiral. And this is the second point. The death spiral of the soul is evidenced by a spiritual death spiral. It is something that happens when God lets go. Suddenly, deprived of the protection of God, the soul of man is delivered over to the power of the devil. As a result, we see this death spiral of the soul for what it is. It is a spiritual death spiral. Now, sometimes in the English translation of our Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek. We don't always see very clearly uh, what we need to see. And here uh, it's translated uh, a little differently, and I want to give you the emphasis. If I say there's a car out here in the parking lot, that's a car. But if I say that's the car... That's different. If I say it's a car, it's just a car. But if I say that's the car, that's the car that ran the stop sign. That's the car that sped away from the bank robbery. That's the car that ran into my car. I'm being specific. And here in this passage of Scripture, when we read uh, this verse, 
in verse 25, it says, they exchanged the truth of God, literally in the Greek it says, they exchanged the truth of God for the lie, for the lie. That's what happened in the garden when Eve was having the conversation with the devil, as the Bible tells us about. That's the third chapter of Genesis. The Bible tells us about Adam and Eve in the garden being warned not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve being disobedient to God, listening to the devil. She exchanged the truth of God on the one hand for the lie. And men have been doing that down through time. Now, what happens then is when we exchange the truth of God for the lie, God lets go and that death spiral begins. Uh, it, it is these consequences that become the marks then, and this is what I want you to see, these are the marks of a soul in free fall or a culture in free fall or a nation or society. And I want you to mark them because God clearly, uh, Paul clearly outlines them for us. When God abandons, abandons the soul to its own way after rejecting God, the soul turns to a substitute. When you reject God, you have to find something to fill your emptiness. And so what do people do to fill their emptiness? Paul said when God lets them go, they begin to turn to their passions, their lust, to fill their emptiness. And they, and they give more and more of themselves to it until they dishonor their own bodies even in giving themselves to these lusts. Now, if you want to find an illustration of that, we look in the New Testament. In the New Testament story of the woman at the well, Jesus met a woman there who was thirsty. She was there that day because she was thirsty. He was there because he was thirsty. He wanted water. She was there to get water. But he realized that she was, had a thirst in her soul for something that she had been trying to quench with her own passions, her own lust. And Jesus said, you have been one time to your passions, and a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time, he said, you have had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. That, that woman had been trying to fill her emptiness with relationships through her lust, through her passion, and was becoming ever more empty. But that day, Jesus offered her something she couldn't find at that well, not with physical water, or at the well of her passions, which she had been to from time to time. But Paul says, that's what happens. People turn to something for a substitute, and they burn themselves up. They burn themselves up. Uh, the word passions here, or lust, means the passionate desire for forbidden pleasure. It is, it is the desire which makes men do nameless and shameless things. It is the way of the life of a person who has been so completely immersed in the world that they become completely unaware of God. Now, look, let me tell you a little bit about the world of Paul's day. Paul's writing this to first century Rome. How in the world is first century Rome anything like 21st century uh, Loosedale or 21st century America? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Rome that you may not know. In the first century, in the public baths of Rome, hot and cold water ran from silver taps. Caligula replaced the sawdust on the floor of the arena and replaced it with gold dust. That was the opulent world in which they lived. Uh, someone said, no guilt or deed of lust is wanting in Rome since poverty has disappeared. 
Money became the nurse of debauchery, and innervating riches sapped the sinew, sinews of the age with foul luxury. It was everything became so ordinary to people that they searched for new sensations. Crime became the only antidote for boredom until uh, one historian said, the greater the infamy, the wilder the delight. It was an age of unparalleled immorality. Fourteen out of the first 15 Roman emperors were homosexuals. It was a spiritual death spiral because God let them go. And as they went downward, first they went to their natural passions until they reached the bottom of the well of pleasure. They burned themselves out. There was nothing else. There was nothing else to excite them. There was nothing else to, to fill that void. So, you know, you know a person on drugs. First, maybe they start with something simple. Maybe the doctor uh, just prescribes them an opioid, and they take that, and, and they have to take it. And they don't mean to get addicted to it, but they take it, and they take more. And, and then after they take that, it doesn't work anymore. And so what do they need? They need something stronger. And then after that, they need something even stronger. And the next thing you know, they've destroyed their life going deeper and deeper, sinking deeper and deeper in a, in a spiral of destruction. And that's what Paul mentions here. People try to fill their emptiness and they can't fill it. They can't quench it. They get thirstier and thirstier until what used to quench their thirst no longer quenches their thirst anymore. And now we come to verse 26 and you see how all this begins to make sense. And if you can't see it yet, before we finished with all the verses, you will see. So Paul said, for this reason, God gave them over. He let them go to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Now, somebody might say, well, you know, this is, you can't read this scripture today because that's the world of today and you might offend somebody. Well, what, who do you think Paul was writing it to? He was writing it to a culture that looked just like ours. If you don't tell people what the problem is, they won't know what the problem is. Listen very carefully. Not only was it a spiritual death spiral, this death spiral of the soul was evidenced by a sexual death spiral. You see this picture that Paul is painting, but not only is it the death spiral of, a, it of the soul, it becomes the death spiral of a civilization or of a society or of a nation. There, by, by the way, there is never a time in Scripture, never a time when the Bible paints a pretty picture of homosexuality. The time it appears in Scripture, it always appears in cultures and in societies that are on the brink of some imminent judgment of God, you go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis, to the, to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Homosexuality was militant in Sodom and Gomorrah. But it wasn't just them that were going to be destroyed. It was the whole society because Lot and his wife and his daughters and his sons-in-law were warned to get out of the city because destruction was coming to everyone. Destruction was imminent. This was a symptom 
of the death spiral of the soul, but not only of the soul, but of the society that follows. There's another time in the, in the story of the judges. The Bible says in the time of the judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And if one of the most sordid, horrible stories in Scripture is in the book of Judges, and it concerns a period of time when homosexuality was rampant. And during that period of time, there was cycle after cycle of judgment in the lives of God's people. Now, if you think that I'm taking an isolated passage of Scripture, Paul was saying this to the church at Rome as he wrote about Roman culture, but he also wrote a letter to a church in Corinth, and this is what he said to them. Corinth was in the Roman world. Chapter 6, verse 9, he said, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul looked at, he wrote to the church, and he looked at them and he said, And such some of you were. You hear what I'm saying? Paul said, I'm writing this to Rome. I'm telling these folks about this because he said in verse 16, I want to go there and I want to share the gospel with them because the gospel is the answer. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. They're in a death spiral. Their culture's in a death spiral. Their nation's in a death spiral. And I need to go there and I need to tell them about Jesus because I've seen how Jesus in Corinth can take people out of lifestyles like that and how he can save them. And I know that God can save these people. He was urgently wanting to go there. Now we come to verse 28. He said, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. Here's the third mention. God gave them over. He let them go to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. In other words, you know, if you want to live that way, God will let you live that way. Don't you see that? God will let you live however you want to live. But as you live, you need to know that you are spiraling toward destruction. He said, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Here's the next evidence of the death spiral of the soul. If you want to see it, if you want to see it in your culture, if you want to see it on Fox News, if you want to see it on CNN, if you want to open the newspaper and read about it, it it's evidenced by a social death spiral and it's this social death spiral that Paul describes now let's make one thing clear the Bible clearly condemns homosexuality but it equally condemns these sins that run rampant in a society on its way to destruction that's why I bring this to your attention this morning by the way in this passage of scripture whether you have noticed it or not there are four phrases that begin with D. The first one is in verse 22, darkened hearts. The second one is in verse 24, dishonored bodies. 
The third one is in verse 26, degrading passions. And the fourth one is in verse 28, depraved minds. So what is happening in our society today? You ever have anybody ask you that question? You watch the news and people on the news say, what, what's going on? What's going on in the world? Why is all this happening? Why is it that our kids spray bullets in the inner city? Why is it that a kid takes a gun to an elementary school in a small town in Texas? Why would a man go into a clinic and kill doctors because of his back pain? Why is there road rage and racial animosity? Why is there cultural chaos and and racism and child abuse and why is it that our society is teetering on the verge of social anarchy and Paul says it's because of this death spiral we're headed downward we're headed toward destruction it's because God has let us go and we're caught in the death spiral of the soul and Paul says it's because people no longer want to acknowledge God and as a result We've said, God, leave us alone, and God has done exactly that. And the result is Uvalde, Texas, Buffalo, New York, Ames, Iowa, Chicago, every weekend, Mobile, every night, there's shootings, Loosedale, lewdness, family crisis after family crisis, resulting in an almost total breakdown of society. Now, I know what you're saying is, ah, I don't believe in stuff like that. I don't do stuff like that. I'm not involved in stuff like that. I read about that here in the Bible, but I'm not, in, I'm not involved in that. I don't approve of that. Look at verse 32. We need to look at verse 32 because all these other verses may not be you, but verse 32 is you, and you mark it down. He says, although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but give hearty approval to those who practice them. You say, I don't live that way, but I do watch some of that stuff on TV. I, I look at some of that stuff on my phone. I engage in some of that stuff on Facebook, but I hide in the shadows of my, of my post and my browsing history. You see, that's really not who I am. Or is it? When you engage, that's your approval. And that is just one more symptom of this death spiral of the soul. Why is Romans relevant to the 21st century? Well, like the, the death spiral of a plane falling from the sky, we have a, a society that's in a death spiral falling away from God because God let go. He said, you let go of me, you reject me, I will let you go until you realize that you're headed for destruction and the clock is ticking and time is running out. Paul wanted the, these people in Rome to know that their only hope for salvation was in the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for them. That's the only hope for, for our country that's the only hope for me. That's the only hope for you. Did God love these people that Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 1? Every single one of them. The homosexual. The idolater. All of them. The person disobedient to their parents. Everyone he loved. But their only hope of salvation is Jesus Christ. Why? 
They're all on the plane. The plane is coming down. And there's only one way out. And that's Jesus. Let's pray.